Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak. That means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Here's what we have in store on episode number 148. We've got it this year. We've got training camps and we've got preseason games that are happening next week or this week by the time you're listening to this. So super exciting. And so what I'm going to do during the preseason is just every week uh, talk about some of the news that's come out during training camps and which things we should believe, which things we shouldn't believe, and players whose value is going up or down accordingly. So it's finally here. The pads are on in training camp. Last week we got to watch a, I'll put quotes around it, a quote real football game during the Hall of Fame game. Uh, this year we have beat writers at, back at practice like they weren't last year. They're reporting on what they see on the fields. Plus I love the NFL Network. Is taking us live to games, I mean, to training camps, where we can actually see a bit of the practices and hear from the players and coaches ourselves. So Beat Rider reports and what we get to see with our own eyes through the NFL Network, they create the kind of hype um, or they create concern in some cases for players on our dynasty rosters, uh, those that we wish we had on our teams or those we do have on our teams. And so for Dynasty Freaks, training camp is an emotional roller coaster. We get excited and hopeful when players, you know, get training camp hype. And then if you're like me, you get upset and have regrets when players are not standing out or in danger of even being replaced. And so I've definitely felt the range of emotions this week as I've been following uh, all along. And so what I want to do in this podcast is just talk about some of the hype and some of the concern that's had me up and down, you could say, emotionally this week as we have this first uh, kind of full week of training camp and the pads back on. So I've got 10 players here just to talk about uh, some I'm up on, some I'm down on, and it's been an up and down week given the guys that I have on my rosters. You probably feel the same. So here we go. Number one, Brian Edwards. Uh, Brian Edwards is reportedly running with the first-team offense ahead of John Brown, and he's made some tremendous catches during practice. So these reports are great news for Edwards' managers who were disappointed in his rookie season. He's finally healthy after being in and out of our lineups last year due to so many injuries. Uh, He didn't really get a fair chance to become a starter last year because of the injuries, But he has uh, the opportunity to do so this year, and he's making the most of it so far during camp. Uh, During camp, Coach Gruden actually compared Edwards to Terrell Owens, and Derek Carr compared him to Devontae Adams. So he's earning high praise from the two people whose opinion matters the most. If he solidifies a starting role, I really believe that he can become the second most targeted pass catcher for the Raiders. Uh, Darren Waller is going to continue to be the top target for sure, but Edwards could be more targets than Henry Ruggs, I think. Ruggs is a better deep deep threat, but Edwards, I think, can be a much better possession receiver. In my case, I only have one share of Edwards, but I'm tempted to do what one manager did in one league. I'm in a four-copy league with 48 teams, so 48 teams, four copies of each player, and after this news, one guy messaged this week, someone sell me Brian Edwards. I'll pay up for it. Um, I'm tempted to do the same. At least I have him in one league. Next player uh, is Marquez Calloway. Uh, Callaway's reportedly been running with the first-team offense and has been the best wide receiver on the field, while Michael Thomas and Traquan Smith missed time uh, with injuries. I'm thankful that I actually picked up Callaway off the waiver wire in several leagues when waiver wires opened after the rookie drafts. Um, after the Michael Thomas injury, 
uh, was announced, managers scrambled to the waiver wire to look for Callaway, but in most cases, I already had him on my teams. Uh, Callaway was a highly ranked recruit before signing with Tennessee, but then the Volunteers played so poorly, had poor coaching, and it really kind of started their downward trend of their program. So he didn't really have the opportunity to thrive. Uh, for now, he has a wide open opportunity in New Orleans, and it seems like he's making the most of it in camp. Uh, this year, the Saints will likely become one of the most run-heaviest teams as they welcome a new quarterback for the first time in 15 years after Drew Brees retired. Even so, uh, someone has to be a wide receiver one until Michael Thomas can return uh, healthy. What looks like now will be midseason, and Callaway looks to be that guy. I think Alvin Kamara should become the top-targeted player this off or this season, while Thomas is out, that is. Uh, but Callaway could compete with Adam Troutman uh, to be targeted second most. It's even uh, better to roster Callaway knowing that the relationship between the Saints and Thomas is kind of souring. I think that they may try to find a way to move on from Thomas after this season if things continue the way that they have relationally between he and management of the team. Third player I'll talk about is Denzel Mims. Uh, Mims is reportedly on the roster bubble after the Jets' new coaching staff uh, has the players that they drafted and added in free agency ahead of Mims. Uh, everything that, did, that the Jets did this offseason under their new coaching staff signaled that Mims had a lot to prove and to become a starter in his second season. He didn't do enough in his rookie season, so the Jets drafted Elijah Moore. They picked up Corey Davis and Key and Cole in free agency, and they did not cut Jamison Crowder as many anticipated. These additions meant that Mims needed to have an excellent camp to become a starter, and he's just not done so. Uh, therefore, his dynasty value is plummeting. I don't have any shares of Mims because I actually had him ranked far lower than most analysts. Mims was my 19th ranked rookie last year, um, but he was routinely drafted at the round one or round two turn in drafts, so I never got any, a share of Mims. Uh, even though Baylor's offensive scheme changed a little bit under Matt Rule when he was there, I've continued to dock all receivers that come from Baylor, and it's pretty much served me well so far. Uh, Mims looking like he might not make the team, and I'm not uh, too surprised. Donovan Peoples-Jones, and I'll talk about next. Peoples-Jones, I'll call him DPJ. <laughs> he is reportedly building chemistry with Baker Mayfield and solidifying a wide receiver three role on the offense after making several big plays in camp. Uh, DPJ was among the top-ranked wide receiver recruits in the nation when he signed with Michigan, but Coach Harbaugh just didn't capitalize on his talent, which is why he fell to the sixth round in the NFL draft where the Browns uh, selected him. Uh, even so, he saw playing time last season and even had a few, a few, you know, decent fantasy games. It's no surprise that DPJ has moved up the depth chart during training camp, given his talent and his pedigree. Um, but he, but to make a fantasy impact, I think he really needs to move ahead of Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Uh, Cleveland's one of the most run-heavy teams in the league. Uses a lot of 12 personnel more than most teams. That means that DPJ will only be on the field in obvious passing downs. Uh, he could become a dynasty you know, value, valuable asset years from now, but until OBJ or Landry are off the team, I think DPJ's fantasy impact will really be capped. Uh, even if he does earn the wide receiver three role, like it seems like he has, it's just not that valuable of a role with that team. So happy for him, but not happy if I had him on my team. I don't think it means much from a dynasty perspective. Next one, this is the saddest one I'll talk about. For my opinion, it's Miles Sanders. Uh, he's reportedly fumbled and dropped passes repeatedly during practice. And then Boston Scott is reportedly splitting times almost 50-50 with Sanders in camp. Uh, Sanders has to prove himself in camp to the coaching staff that didn't draft him, and he's not faring so well very far or so far. Uh, he's by far the best running back on the team, but he can't 
if he can't protect the ball and can't catch passes, he's going to end up in the doghouse with the coaches. Sanders' dynasty value was already moving down after the Eagles traded Carson Wentz and committed themselves to Jalen Hurts, uh, a running quarterback, and quarterbacks like Hurts usually run before they check down to running backs. At the same time, the offense could, you know, couldn't get worse than it was last year. And so I was actually really hopeful that Sanders maybe would get more scoring opportunities because Hurts could lead the team to more scoring opportunities than Wentz did in that pathetic year last year. But my hope is really starting to fade, especially as Boston Scott is taking away carries from Sanders in camp. Uh, Sanders is one of my most rostered players, and so this comes as no good news to me. I have to accept the reality, though. I still believe he's among the best pure runners in the NFL, but if he can't do the little things well, uh, he can't be in every down back. And uh, This makes me pretty sad because I have him in probably 50% of my leagues. Next is Donald Parham. Uh, Parham was one of my most rostered players at the end of last season. Uh, he was kind of that last man on the roster kind of guy on many of my teams. He's a giant man. <laughs> he only needed to improve his route running and blocking uh, to be the next superstar superstar uh, tight end. And I was confident that the Chargers would not re-sign Hunter Henry in the offseason. And when Henry signed with New England, I was proven right and was elated to have Parham on my rosters. But then the Chargers signed Jared Cook in free agency. And Parham became one of the you know first uh, players that I was willing to drop uh, off my teams this offseason. Uh, sadly, I dropped him in every league because I thought the Chargers acquiring Cook signaled that they didn't believe in Parham. They didn't think that he could make the kind of progress that he needed to make to become a starter in the NFL. But apparently he's proven the Chargers and me wrong, if these reports are accurate, that is. It sounds like he's doing the work and making the kind of improvements to compete with Cook. Uh, I wish I could add Parham back to my rosters, but he's already been taken by other teams in my leagues, unfortunately. Um, I'll keep him on all of my scout teams, though, because I suspect that he'll actually get dropped when it comes to roster cut date uh, from a lot of teams. Uh, that is, unless he makes some plays in the preseason. That's really what's going to happen. If he makes plays in the preseason, I am going to really regret that I uh, dropped him on so many of my leagues. Next player is Damian Williams. Uh, Williams is reported to be uh, solidifying his backup role as a third down back behind David Montgomery, while Tariq Cohen uh, still misses time as he's recovering from his injury from last year. Uh, Chicago is definitely talking up David Montgomery. They've talked about him as being like a 20-carry back this offseason, but they're going to have to spell him often, and Williams is a far better option in the passing game than Montgomery. So Tariq Cohen's setbacks and recovery are really creating an opportunity for Williams to become the passing, down, passing downs back in Chicago. Uh, Williams is already familiar with Nagy's system since he played in Kansas City, so he doesn't have to learn, you know, have a learning curve during training camp. And Williams took a year off because of COVID exempt list, and so Cohen has a year off because of his injury. They, they're both well-rested, but uh, right now only one of them's healthy. So both players' dynasty value fell given Montgomery's breakout season last year, but I do think that both are among the handcuffs the dynasty managers value because they could become an every-week starter if Montgomery was to get injured for a stretch of the season. So it's a battle worth watching in training camp in the preseason games. It seems like Williams has the early edge at this point. A couple more here, uh, Michael Carter. Carter is reportedly splitting first-team reps with Tevin Coleman and is playing far better than Coleman in practice. I was admittedly lower on Carter than most dynasty analysts. Uh, if, there were, if these reports are accurate, I could be proven wrong. I just didn't see Carter as a viable every down back in the NFL, but as one who would have to split time on, or you know only play on passing downs uh, but the Jets had plenty of opportunities to draft better prospects in the NFL draft, but they waited until the fourth round to pick Carter. Uh, he doesn't have to leap you know, any superstars to solidify a starting role. Uh, definitely Tevin Coleman is nearing the end of his career, 
and then Michael P. Ryan as a fellow fourth round draft pick. So even so, I really think this is going to be a committee backfield among all three of them. Uh, Carter may be the best running back among the three, but I don't think that he'll become a reliable starter on dynasty rosters. The Jets will become the new 49ers, in my opinion, meaning the team that mixes their running backs around so often that you're never going to know which one's worth starting in fantasy lineups. One of those frustrating situations, I believe, even though the hype in Carter, uh, if true, could prove me wrong. But the other Jet, on the other hand, Elijah Moore, uh, he's one that I'm believing in. Moore's reportedly moved into the starting lineup, and he's impressing coaches every single day at practice. Uh, The Elijah Moore hype is really off the chains. Almost every day, beat writers um, report about a great play that he's made, and in interviews he's come across as very motivated and committed to becoming the best wide receiver in this rookie class. I'm starting to believe that he can do it, which is why I'm so sad that I do not have one share of Moore, even though I had him ranked much higher than other analysts. I had him as my eighth-ranked rookie. Eighth. But unfortunately, I traded away most of my first-round picks in all my leagues. In another case, I think I had one first pick of the draft, and so I picked Najee Harris there, but that was my only opportunity to get more, so I don't have him in any league. Unfortunately, these camp reports make him even harder to acquire in a trade now. Um, I usually just trust proven players over rookies that have yet to play in the NFL, but I'm really considering offering some proven studs in trades to try to acquire more and uh, buy back some years if I could. I currently have more ranked as 27th among my dynasty wide receivers. That puts him near some proven players like Cooper Cut, 28th, Brandon uh, Cook, 29th, OBJ, 30th, Robert Woods, 31st, Tyler Lockett, 32nd. I mean, those are the type of players that I think I might need to try to move for more, even though he's yet to play down in the NFL and it goes against my normal philosophy of going with proven bets over uh, rookies that haven't played yet. Last player that I'll mention is Darnell Mooney. Uh, Mooney's reportedly improved his route running and is beating Chicago defensive backs every day in practice, solidifying his wide receiver two role on the team. Uh, Mooney, Mooney was already moving up my dynasty rankings. I actually traded a second-round rookie pick for, uh, for him in a dispersal draft a few months ago. And after Chicago traded away Anthony Miller um, a week or so ago, his dynasty value rised uh, even more. Uh, he's definitely a wide, the wide receiver two role has it locked down and then has a bright long-term future with rookie quarterback Justin Fields. Uh, last season, he won with speed, even though he was often missed because of their erratic quarterback play in Chicago. But if indeed this report's true that he's improved on his route running, if that's true, he's going to be able to win all over the field and catch passes from a much more accurate quarterback, whether it is Fields or Andy Dalton. Um, I'm buying the hype on Mooney, and thus I may regret that that one league that I actually picked him up in uh, this During the rookie draft, I traded him straight up for Amon Ross St. Brown in a rookie draft uh, that in that same league. Uh, St. Brown's getting training hype buzz too, though, at least. Maybe I'll actually uh, talk about him in next week's report, depending on what news comes in. hope you've enjoyed that. This is the time to love being a dynasty freak. Uh, preseason games are all happening this week. Camp reports continually. So fun to think about the prospects and the players that we have on our teams and get the edge on our other owners, which you're doing by listening to this podcast, by being a Dynasty Freaks. Well, thanks so much for listening. Uh, make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com, dynastyfreaks with two E's. I'm much better on email than Twitter, so that's the best way to contact me. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. 
Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.